Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discuss the 2022 NFL Draft, which kicks off on Thursday, April 28th. Joe, the Chiefs have six picks in the first three rounds, including two, the 29th and 30th overall in the first round. The last time the Chiefs used their first round pick and didn't trade it for Frank Clark or Orlando Brown, it was running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And you called it, Joe. You nailed it. You said the Chiefs were picking a running back. So who do you think they target with these picks, 29th and 30th? Well, I mean, I think I think they're going to – I personally think they're going to focus more on defense. I just have a feeling, Jeff, that everything they seem to have done this offseason that has been of substance has really been around, you know, the receiving core. I think the offensive line is relatively settled. Obviously, there can always use depth there, right? That, that really helped the Chiefs last year. Um, I think, I think they're pretty solid at running back. Like, I I just don't know if they're going to get an impact player that's going to make that much, you know, of a difference for for next year, uh, where they have their picks, unless of course, Brett Veach has something up his sleeve and he's going to use some of that draft clout to, to move up, which he has, I mean, having six picks in the first three rounds is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, you know, short of what the Eagles had when this whole thing started, they had three picks in the first round alone, and obviously they traded one away. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, Jeff, I, th- I think they're going to focus more on defense out of those top six. I think they're probably going to go maybe maybe four defensive players and two offense. That's how I kind of see that shaking out. And I think, you know, I think they're going to try to snag the best corner, you know, that might be out there. Um maybe that were the best safety that might be out there, you know, er, early on the best one they can get at the end, a defensive back that they can put into a position, you know, in that four, two, five, you know, it's, it's this, you know, coach Spags has this mix of safeties and corners. And I think, I think they go for somebody, um, you know, that's going to be a physical corner, you know, I mean, I think, uh, I, I mean, you know, they're probably going to want to go big time, you know, Big Five Conference. I mean, I know some people are predicting Kair Elam from Florida as, as a late round, late first round, you know, corner that might be available. And I think that's probably where they're going to go. I think, you know, they're going to spend their time bolstering the defense, maybe, you know, see what kind of, you know, maybe even an edge rusher that might be out there that can help with the pass rush, maybe look at, at beefing up the linebacking core. But I think they're going to spend the first four, or not the first four, but four of those six picks if, if they don't trade any away, I think you're going to see the majority of them going to the, on the defensive side. That's, that's what I think. Joe, some great stuff right there because, you know, uh, when Brett Veach had his pre-draft press conference, he, he pretty much said, you know, that cornerback and edge rusher are the two priorities, you know, and he did mm-hmm. say, don't believe anything people say at this time, but he really prioritized, <laughs> prioritized defense. Um, and you mentioned, uh, Elam from Florida. That's who uh, Daniel Jeremiah was one who does a really good job for the NFL Network. When I was on his conference call, 
um, last week. He, that was the, one of the names you mentioned for the Chiefs. You know, um, so I, I'm definitely in, in agreement. I actually, for the Believe Mock Draft, I have Lewis. I picked Lewis Seen. You, you mentioned safety, a safety from Georgia, who I think would really be good. You can never have enough safeties, you know, losing Matthew. Um, they, I mean, they did lose Sorensen. I know he was kind of the whipping boy, but you still need to, you know, replace. There's still another body uh, that he need that you need to replace. And, you know, Juan Thornhill, he, he had re, re, really moments as, as, a, as a rookie, but, like, um, he also struggled a bit last year. You know, there were some rumors that he he had – he was – he played a lot in the preseason. He was kind of on the outs of the roster and then played himself back onto the roster and made the team. Uh, so, you know, maybe pair Justin Reed and, and Lewis Seen. Um, though I don't have a lot of faith in my belief. <laughs> you know, I was really stressed about it, so – We'll see. Um, Joe, the other thing, though, like you mentioned this, Eric Edholm, when he was on our pod last week, like gun to my head, I think the Chiefs probably trade one of these. Like, I don't, I don't think they're – we know Brett Veach. He's aggressive. I, I don't think they're, they're picking at 29th and 30th. I think they're trading up or this draft has a lot of depth, even trading back. Joe, would you, gun to your head, you think the Chiefs trade this pick or pick at 29 and 30? Oh, that's a really that's a tough question, Jeff. Because you know Brett Veach's mind he's he's got one of those beautiful minds, you know, where he's always <laughs> thinking and he sees you know he's like a chess player, you know, he sees moves two, three, five moves down the road that you know some of us don't see, and and I think he's just got that knack for you know figuring out what other teams you know are looking for and and and, and how he can use his his draft clout to, to move around. Um, I don't know. We're getting so late in the game and you're right. There's so much depth that maybe this is the year that they just stand pat, you know, and they see who is there, who is the best player on the board with each pick. And, you know, maybe they can get some steals. I mean, you know, there's, there's a ton of edge rushers and a ton of defensive backs in this draft that are really good. And, and I think, you know, in the hopes that, those type of players slip down a little bit because, you know, people get very skittish about, you know, receivers and sort of running backs, you know, those positions that, you know, some, we might see a few linemen tick up in the draft, you know, for some teams that don't have a whole lot of depth. And I just wonder if some of these, uh, you know, edge rushers, and, and, and corners that, and safeties that they might be looking at might, might drop down and, and see, you know, see who's available. I mean, there's, you know, there's some, just some big names down, you know, you know, we had the issue with, you know, Penn state last year, right. Uh, You know, I think you've got, you know, the kid from Florida state, Jermaine Johnson, the second, you got Arnold Ebikiti from Penn state. I mean, they could drop down, or move up a little bit actually into the late first round. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned Kaira Lamb. There's, you know, maybe Andrew Booth from Clemson. You know, he's, some people say he's got, you know, some of the best footwork, you know, in the, in the whole draft it, it relates to defensive back. So Dan, Daniel know, Jeremiah mentioned him too. He said the three guys, you can see the Chiefs picking if they go corner around that Elam. Um, Kyle Gordon from Washington, whose teammate McDuffie will probably be picked uh, higher, and also Booth, who you just mentioned on Clemson. 
Yeah. I just think I love this whole thing with the edge rusher, like how that's become <laughs> like a thing. You know, right. I mean, it's no longer nobody... defensive end or linebacker. It's just edge. Yeah. It's just edge. Like, it's just like, it's Derek Thomas, like the prototypical Derek Thomas, right? Like that's, that's how they see these players now is just like guys who can get on the edge and create havoc and wreak havoc on a quarterback and on the pocket. So listen, my heart's a little bit, you know, with Derek Stingley, you know, knowing his family history, I think that's, I know he's, I know he's didn't have maybe the senior year that, or the last season, I should yeah, say, right, the senior year, but right, junior year, his junior year. But like, I know that story and I, it's very near and dear to my heart, you know, with, with his grandpa and, and, you know, uh, how that all played out. And, um, you know, I just think, I just think, you know, I just think that'd be so cool. I mean, I, I, I think, Aiden's probably going to go first, but, you know, it'd be cool to see, you know, Derek Stingley, you know, knowing his story, but I, I don't know if he's going to do that. He's probably going to maybe even drop down a little bit. A couple of good linemen up at the top that I really like, man. I, I love uh, Eka McQuano. I mean, from NC State, he's, he's obviously, obviously the best, best run blocker um, in, in, in the uh, coming out in the draft. He is just, if you watch some of his he is, he is a, he's a beast. And when you see him, like, you'd never, you know, you'd never know, like he's, he's like, if you see his picture, you know, he's very, um, you know, he just doesn't look like he, he doesn't look like he's a, you know, one of those snot bubbler, you know, yeah, snorting. He's kind of slight looking. It's not like when you see Quentin Nelson's like headshot, you're like, yeah. that guy was put on this earth to be like a guard, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like. Equano just, you know, he just like, he just looks, uh, not, he looks like a nice guy. He looks like a nice kid. Like, you know, he doesn't look like one of those people that's going to, you know, when, but when you see him, some of the blocks that he has and, you know, obviously playing, you know, it's just, you know, on that stage, he's, he's, he's a big dude. I mean, his, you know, he's, he's, he's got good pedigree. His dad was six foot six, you know, uh, uh, college star, you know, his mom ran track. I mean, he's got, he's got tons of, of, you know, pedigree there and his family athletic pedigree. I think he's going to be a stalwart on the, on the, on somebody's offensive lineup. Dude, I love, I love Alabama linemen. <laughs> How can you not, Evan Neal. Yeah. you know, Evan Neal is, poof, dude is a beast. I mean, <laughs> you know, he passed blocks, he's imposing, he's, he's athletic. He, he, I'm telling you, he, he, I'm telling you, Jeff, he, that guy, he, he, he's like, he's like what I would, what I would, the analogy I would make with Evan Neal is he's like, he's like LeBron James in, and, and, you know, like, um, you know, for those of you, you know, my, my, all my friends who are Sixers fans, uh, you know, Joel Embiid, he's one of those people that's so big, but yet could probably play like point guard. Do you know what I mean? Like, like when, like you, you, sometimes it's really hard to believe how big LeBron James is and how well he handles the basketball. You, you think, you'd think he was, you know, six foot one and he weighed, you know, 195 pounds, right? The way he handles the ball, like, like steady six, eight, 250, you know? Yeah. And that's like, that's the best analogy I can make on an Evan Neal is that he's like that. Like he's, he, he, you see him, he doesn't like, He's a biscuit away from 350 and he handles his body like he's 200, like he's a 200 pound 
high school offensive lineman who plays basketball or wrestles. Like it's crazy. Like I, that somebody that big, you know, can be that athletic. And, and I think, you know, plus he played at Alabama, right? I mean, how do you not love, you know, somebody who competes in, in the SEC? So I just think, I just, of course, I love those top rated linemen. I love seeing how high that, you know, how high they can go. I mean, I know Charles Cross is the other one. If, you know, if we want to talk about linemen, you know, from Mississippi State, you know, he's, he's another, you know, he's another highly touted, highly touted player, super athletic. You know, he's more, more, more prototypical, I think, when you think of, professional NFL offensive lineman at, you know, six, five, and, you know, just quite a, a little bit over 300, you know, he, he looks more, more like what you would see, you know, in the NFL, it's just, you know, because when you, you know, you're dealing with, you know, the types of athletic players that you have to block on the defensive line now, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't miss a step. Right. So those are, those are three linemen. Everybody should keep their eyes on <laughs> nobody. None of them are going to be around for the chiefs. I know that for a fact. I the Jaguars, I might actually draft one of the, those guys. Number one, like the, the way I look at this, is this is a not Eric talked about how it's not a sexy draft. You even called it like kind of the office lineman draft kind of reminds me when the chiefs had the number one pick and went with Eric Fisher. I think if you're just going for like safe, not, quarterback draft maybe this is the time you take a lineman when they have some really elite guys i i don't think they're going to i think they're probably going to take hutchinson or uh, um uh, trayvon is really walker's really uh going up up the draft boards here but um yeah just something interesting to think about and joe and for our friends out there um head to our sponsor bet online because you can wager on who the chiefs are going to pick right now for wide receivers plus 100 Defensive lineman is the second best odds with plus 350. Offensive lineman plus 425. Cornerback plus 500. And safety plus 850. And, you know, Joe and I both talked about how they might go defensive back. So our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that baseball is back. Who are you picking in the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. You know, Jeff. Uh... Speaking of numbers and sort of, you know, the math of all this and, you know, uh, the Chiefs do have a number 50 pick this year, uh, 31 years later. Uh, Joe Valerio uh, spot. Yeah. So there you go. So they, they will, they, there could be now, depending on what, you know, the, what, what they're cooking up in the laboratory, uh, you know, in Kansas City, as far as how they go about, um, you know, shuffling and moving some of these players around they will they will have another 50 picks so that was really cool to to see that um and think about that um i have a fr- i have a friend who i've been working with for probably 24 years i think i started working with with him like one year into my insurance career and every single time the 50th pick is done he texts me like as soon as it's done he will, he will text me. He'll say, you know, and with the 50th pick, the so-and-so pick, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
and he sends me he sends me a text everything he's been doing for 24 That's years so, cool. so yeah my friend brett kleckner he does it uh he does it every draft so uh fun, fun stuff but uh yeah it's just it's exciting it's gonna be exciting it's an exciting yeah. weekend and it's just you know it's just so cool to see the future of the nfl kind of coming into the mix and kudos to you, Joe. I mean, that's a 50th pick. I mean, that's really impressive. To give you an idea, the guy who went 50th last year, Aziz Ojolari for the Giants, really good. He had eight sacks as a rookie. Yeah. Like, he's one of their, you know, bet. he's a really good uh, young upcoming player. Um, so very cool stuff there, Joe. So, you know, you said defense. You, you mentioned Elam. Would Elam kind of be your – we, we don't know. He could go early, and again, the Chiefs could trade out. But it seems like, you know, and again, this is all just projected because nobody really knows what's going to happen. But it sounds like if you had to make a guess, you might say the Chiefs weirdly stay put, and maybe Elam might be one of your guys here for 29-30. Yeah, I think he could, he could be. I mean, you know, he could definitely – like like we've said, you don't know where they're going to go with some of these edge rushers, with some of the linemen. Um, you know, he might, he might slip down and, and, and maybe the chiefs just, I think, you know, maybe they just hold Pat and, and knowing that this is a deep draft, take their chances on the picks they have and get a whole stable of players in, right. Get six players in the top three rounds. I mean, you know, just, and just see what's there, you know, and see what happens. I mean, you know, Jeff, I mean, you never know where some of the talent is going to come out of, right? I mean, who would have thought, you know, Will Shields goes in the third round, you know, he becomes one of the greatest offensive linemen of, you know, the last 50 years, right? First ballot hall of famer, pro bowl every year, missed like two games, you know, his whole career. Like, you know, you just, you just don't know, right? You just don't know. So maybe this is the year that Brett Feach says, all right, we're going to go with it. It's a deep, it's a deep draft. It's not a, right. It's not, it's not, you know, I would call this draft like it's, it's a mile wide and an inch deep, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not one of, it's not a, a mercurial draft, right. Where you've got these like, wow, like that player is, you know, these five players are going to be, you know, future hall of famers. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be future hall of famers in this class, but you just don't know who they are right now. Um, and, and I just think, I just think it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a deep, you know, it's kind of like a, a very broad draft and it's not, you know, there's not that one, you know, one or two or five players that you just, you know, once, once they're, once they're off the board, everybody just goes, okay. You know, I have a lot of, there's a lot of good players, man, that the, the, the amount of talent that is out there right now, a lot of it, I, th- I think Jeff is because of the draft or the, uh, I'm said the draft portal, but the uh, transfer portal, right. Yeah. Like where, you know, I don't know. I'm just, let me just, I'm just staring at George Pickens on, on my, on my notes here. And I'm thinking like, there's a guy wide receiver out of Georgia, right? Like, you know, um, a lot maybe, of rumors that he's a lot of people have rumored him going to, uh, going to the chiefs. Yeah. Season. Like may, you know, and, and maybe, you know, maybe he's a guy and I don't, I don't know this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm guessing and, and spitballing this out there that, you know, maybe he's a guy five years ago, says you know what i'm going to alabama i don't care we're back from liberty right who's who's projected who's some some drafts of gurus that have him projected going possibly in the first round right out of liberty like here's a guy that maybe five years ago he goes to alabama 
and says, oh, I'd rather play at Alabama and be the third string than go to Liberty and be the starter. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, there's a lot of players, I think, out there. And I think that's why they're saying this draft is so deep. I think players are starting to realize, you know what? I can go play at a Liberty or, you know, Baylor or UConn or BC or Western Michigan, right? Like, I don't have to go be the third or fourth All-American freshman coming into Alabama or Ohio State. You know what I mean? I, I just, I just think, I think we're seeing more players shine at, at, you know, I would say smaller schools, but at schools that aren't, you know, your typical football factories for the NFL. And I think that's why, I think that's why there's so much talent out there. Players are just, they want to play, you know, and they don't, they don't, you don't, they don't want to just go to Alabama and be the fifth other all American that happens to show up on Nick Saban's radar. Great points, Joe. And another, and you're absolutely right. It's deeper. Uh, Eric Edholm talked about how deep it was. Brett Veach really emphasized. He said there were like two, he had 294 guys being draftable, which draftable, which is much more than usual. And it's not only what you said, the guys, um, the, tra- the, the, the portal thing, but it's also uh, COVID helped. Uh, it didn't help. It's, it's a weird phrasing to say COVID helped, but it made this a stronger draft in the sense that there's a lot of people who, who might've gone last year, but because of, you know, the crazy year and they didn't, they came back even more, more than usual. That, that's, um, that's another reason too. And yeah, you, you made a great point by having all these picks the chiefs that a lot of teams, the Ravens, Jimmy Johnson, who was great at the draft with the Cowboys had this philosophy, you know, it's such a crapshoot in the draft a lot. Sometimes just having the most picks is best because it just gives you the most darts to throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Why, you know, why, why think that, you know, Hey, We'll, we'll draft, you know, we'll trade away one of our first rounders to move up 10 spots. Well, what's the difference, you know, at that point, right? Because like you said, it's, you just never know. Uh, Joe, two years ago, you had a great, you, you mentioned some of the players you really like in this draft. Two years ago, you had a great call. You said you loved Tristan Wirfs and he's been, the Buccaneers draft him, he's been amazing. Basically like an elite player, maybe one, maybe the best right tackle in the conversation at least in NFL almost from the get-go. Uh, I have a couple of names for you of guys I really like this year. Two guys, one of them you already mentioned, and then I'm curious if there's any other guys uh, you haven't mentioned, you, you know, in addition that you really like. One of them is uh, Jordan Davis, 6'6", 340-pound defensive tackle from Georgia. Georgia was on TV a lot, obviously winning the national championship, and this is the guy that always was making plays. Now, the catch with him, he's so massive that he, he was only playing 25.2 snaps per game in 2021, you know, because he's kind of an old school run stuffer. They move him out of, on, on passing downs. But, Joe, he is not just some old school run stuffer. He, this guy, he's 340. He ran a 47840 at the combine and had a 10 foot three broad jump. Like he's been rumored. I don't think he's going to get to the Chiefs, and I'm not sure he really fits their, their, their scheme, but. Joe, that, that guy really excites me. And then I have one more for you, a guy you mentioned in a defensive end heavy draft, a guy who I think might slip a little bit. I don't think he's, unfortunately, he's going to slip to the Chiefs. But uh, Jermaine Johnson has not been talked about, I think, quite enough. Like, I think this guy's worthy of a top 10 pick. And, geez, if the Chiefs could either he miraculously slides or they can trade up for him. He led the AS, ACC in tackles for loss with 18, sacks for, with 12, so he's – you know, was productive on the field. And Joe, listen to these combine measurements. 
I mean, you, you talked about the edge rusher, you know, the new term, and this guy is like prototypical. He's 6'5", 254. That's what he measured the combine. Four, uh, the four, ran the 40 in 4.58 seconds, 34-inch arms, 10-foot, 5-inch broad jump, and 32-inch vertical leap. What, what a what a what an athlete. Uh, Anyhow, Joe, your thoughts on those or any other in addition to the Stingleys? And you mentioned the offensive linemen you really liked in the draft. Well, number one, I love the Jermaine Johnson uh, pick. I, I, th- I think, I think with the amount of edge rushers that are in this draft, he could be there for the chiefs. Mm-hmm. I th- he could be there. Um, be you know, it, you know, especially you got Trayvon Walker is going to be up there. Uh, the kid from Purdue, Car- Carl Aftis oh, is, yeah. is going to be up there. Right. Of course you've got Kayvon Thibodeau. Come on, that guy's, you know, I, I thought there were times where, I've when I saw him play a lot, you know, earlier on in his career, I'm like, yeah, that guy's going to be the number one overall yeah, pick. But right. you know, I know he slipped a little bit. You know, Aiden's kind of like out. I don't want to say outplayed him for the top edge rusher and, and maybe possible overall number pick. That's a lot of edge rushers, Jeff. That ahead of where he is, so he could be. You know, he could be the guy that slips down, and you know, could be the guy the Chiefs pick and really just, you know, scratches that itch for, for them. Right. You know, obviously, you know, he, uh, he, he was apparently, you know, from what they're saying, he, he played unbelievably well throughout the, uh, throughout the whole season and, and, and how well he played at the senior bowl. And, um, I, I, th- I think he's, I think he's, he could be, God, that'd be great. I, I'm all with you. I'm all in on Jermaine Johnson. If, 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 if he could slip down into one of those uh, late first round picks, I think the Chiefs should, should jump on that one um, for sure. I'm, I'm uh, curious your take on also Jordan Davis. I mean, you know so much more about line of scrimmage play. Is he just, is he an outdated, is an old school, you know, a guy who would be better in the, the 90s when there was more running game? Or is he, I, he to me, I just think is just a marvel. Uh, no, no, I, Listen, having played in the interior of the line for, you know, a lot of years, like moving players like that is an absolute nightmare. And, and, and it, it's the stuff that keeps guards and centers, uh, it keeps you up at night, you know, having the one-on-one block that guy. And if he, you know, he does get himself into a pass situation where he's past rushing, um, you know, freeing up linebackers. And, you know, I think that's kind of what the, you know, what the Chiefs were, were, were looking for this out, Jaron Reed, right? I think they were looking for that Jordan Davis type player. And that's a, that's, that's a meaningful position um, when, you, when you have athletic linebackers and you're trying to run a defense like the Chiefs were on that 4-2-5 where you got to keep your linebackers free. Because, you know, it's not the old days of the 4-3 defense with Ray Lewis just sitting in the middle right? Or Dick Buckus, you know, sitting in the middle of your defense. This is a different kind of a game now with these athletic middle linebackers who are a little more slight, you know, they're not as big. You need a Jordan Davis to absorb two, sometimes three offensive linemen before they get to the next level and pick off your linebacker, right? That can kill you in the running game. If you don't have somebody like a Jordan Davis, I, 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 those guys to me, I, if I were defensive coordinator, I'd always build my defense around my defensive tackles because I think that's where the game is won. I think, I think that's where, I think that's where the run game is really won. I really do, Jeff. I mean, I know there's a lot of great run fillers and run stoppers, 
you know, those, you know, Teron Matthew types, you know, those, those strong safeties that come up and, and fill the holes and, and, and are elusive or, you know, the Ray Lewis type linebackers that are big and, you know, the Brian Erlackers of the world to hit you under the chin. But I, I would build my defense around my, my defensive tackles and my edge rushers, right? Because that to me, that's where I think the game is won. Um, and then I, I just build it around that. So again, long, long answer to a short question. I'm all in on Jordan Davis too. I, and that combine 40 he ran was four, four seven was, eight. My God, for somebody it's that just, it's just, it's, 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 I, I, it, I can't even fat, like, I can't even fathom it, Jeff, <laughs> how fast a guy that big is and how he could get all of that muscle to move that fast. Like how, how there are so many fast twitch muscles inside a guy that large. Like, and if you've seen him, his neck is like, what neck? He doesn't even have a neck. He just, his head just comes right out of his shoulders. The guy is, he's, a, he's, he, I'm telling you, the guy's, he's come, he's, I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be, um, I think he's going to be, a, I think he's going to be a player. I, I might, I could see him if he lasts as long. He'd be a great pick for the Chargers, which would be real scary. They had oh, such an atrocious run defense last year. If they can plug him in, and now with Mac and Bosa, um, Joe, you mentioned, of course, the three offensive linemen probably will go in the top ten. You said how much you like all of them. Stingley, you mentioned. Uh, any uh, anybody else you want to highlight here? Any any other Tristan Wirfs, if you will, of this year? Yeah, I, for for me, I, I, I to me, I'm a little partial to Evan Neal. Um, because I just think he's, ah, oh, he's just so big. Like he's so, and he's so athletic. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of partial to him. Um, I, I want to see some film. I, I want to look up some film of when, when they ran like a stunt in Georgia and Evan Neal had a block Jordan Davis. That's, that's like a thousand pounds. Right. <laughs> right. That is two grown men right there, you know, um, I, you know, I think, I think Equinu is, is from NC States, you know, he's a dominant run blocker and he can, he can pass block, but why, why I'd be a little bit more comfortable with Evan Neal is, is, is his arms, his length of his arms and his athletic ability. Right. And I think I see, I see in him more than any other one that the next Tristan works, the guy that's going to make that impact early on and not miss a beat. Is um, he your Joe, is he is Evan Neal your favorite player in the draft? Um putting you on the spot here. Yeah. I, I mean he he well look, he's a lineman. Of course I'm gonna probably <laughs> say that. I, you know, I, I gotta say I, I I'm really anxious to see what Aiden Hutchinson does. I I, I really am. I you know the fact that he rose so high like and whether or not like he's the few like he's like bosa right he's like all of those players that are starting to dominate the nfl you know more athletic tall but big and you know but not like heavy right he's by no means heavy it's six seven 260 right i mean he's 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 not there's not an ounce of fat on the guy's body and i think there's there's something about with his his speed and his ability to rush the edge and, you know, and, you know, playing in the big 10. Like, I just think, I, I think he, he's, he's, he's somebody I'm maybe not my favorite player, but the one I'm most anxious to see if he can truly make the jump 
um, to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the guy I'm going to have my, the, my, my eyes on the most is I really want to see if, if the hype is all really there. If man, if he, if he ends up, if there's so much talk, he, he very well could go number one. A lot of people think he will. If he somehow, if the Jaguars don't pick him and he, he goes number two to the lions, Michigan kid going to the lions, mm-hmm. what a perfect fit that would be. Definitely. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.